coming to you from the wild, wild western side of San Antonio. <laughs> sure, that, that works. That works. It's not even a bunker. But, no, we're not uh, in a bunker. Not anymore. And we're not in the streets. I didn't like that. No, last we're, time. we're not in the streets. <laughs> Apparently, that's not going to work for some of my podcast crew here. This is Smoking Guns Podcast. I'm Philip Higginbotham. I am sitting here with Leo Yamas. Hey, guys. I'm sitting here with R.C. Woods. Hello, fans. And we're sitting here with a special guest. We're sitting here with head coach of the San Antonio Gunslingers, Tony Hernandez. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Thank you for the invite. No, we're excited to have you. We're excited to talk to you and learn a little bit about you and talk to you about Gunslingers football. Um, But first and foremost, and if you're checking in with us live right now on Facebook, you're going to get to watch this. Um, If you're not, you're just going to get to listen to it. And I don't know how... uh, interesting of a radio it will be but we got you a gift coach it's sure. sitting here in front of you um you will be the very first well go ahead and take go a look. ahead and open it all right yep it will bite i know this is riveting radio we could say drum roll but drum roll i wish i had a drum roll sound effect we should have had that we should have that so coach Hernandez, you will be the very first person to have a uh a smoking guns podcast t-shirt very um, first one. I checked with the team and made sure I knew your size or found out your size. Uh, it's got your name on it there. It says Coach Hernandez. It's got the uh, cowboy on the side of it. And then on the sleeve, Southern Texas Designs, I Hannah and that. Roy, uh, J-Bone over at Southern Texas yes. Designs, put those together for us. They are putting together some shirts Thanks, for guys. the show. Thank you so much. Um, and we're excited about that. We should have those soon. And we should start taking orders on those. If you're interested in having a shirt uh, very much like the coaches, but you'll never have a shirt just like the coaches because it has his name on it. Um, so we wanted to uh, give you that. We wanted to uh, let you know. So, Coach, let me just tell you how we got to this table. We used to do a show a long time ago um, for the Commanders, and we're not going to talk. That's like the last time I'm going to mention the Commanders. I'm going to do my job um, and not talk about the Commanders anymore. But we did a show for the Commanders, um, and then – when all of that fell apart, our show kind of fell apart as well because we didn't have anything to talk about anymore. Uh, we tried just general. A couple of months, we tried just covering uh, a general football. Yeah, just yeah. football College, in San Antonio. High San Antonio. But that's a big. That's a big bite. There's a lot going on when you're talking about football around the San Antonio area. So we walked away from the show, and when we got contacted about uh, the Gunslingers. All three of us around this table said, I don't know that we're ready to do that again. So we came out to Alamo Distillery um, and sat down with Jason and Hector and the rest of the ownership group. And we heard what they had to say. And we were like, okay, it sounds kind of interesting. And then we all heard you. And independently, we've talked about this now. Yes. But independently, all of us, once you began talking, we're like, I can get behind this. Like, I can get excited about this. You motivated you us. Sold Thank it. you sold it. Thank you. Yeah. Really I was ready to run through a big a brick wall for you <laughs> after that. I was ready to try out. I don't even like football that much. No kidding. <laughs> so, so, Coach, tell us, um, tell us where you, we know you're from here, but they don't. You know, the folks listening right now might not. You're from here, and when I say here, like you were telling us, you grew up within a few miles of where six, we're sitting right now. Six minutes down the road. I originally uh, born at Brady Green Hospital. Okay. October yeah. the 10th. If you're hearing, jot that down. So October, October the 10th. 10th. Got it. I'm running low on cologne. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we lived over there by Edison High School. Mm-hmm. And I tell people that I didn't learn how to speak English until around the second or third grade. Spanish was my first language. 
and I went to elementary school at Will Rogers, and there is a community center right there by Fresno and San Pedro. Used to be homes, city of San Antonio took it by what they call in real estate eminent domain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we ended up moving over here by Thomas Jefferson, right on the corner of Wilson and Magnolia. And that's where I grew up. And, you know, I've been here, born and raised. I've lived in Houston for two or three years. Then I came back. I've traveled a lot uh, because of ministry. Okay. But otherwise, this is my city. So you went to Jefferson High School? I did. I'm guessing since you're a football coach, you were probably a football player? Or is I was. Right? I was. And I, had, I was very fortunate to, to be around some, some really good, good guys. But I, I tell a lot of people that I was very influenced by people that were coaches. I, I, one of the things that I've learned is try not to speak ill of the dead. But my father wasn't very involved in my life. Okay. Uh, he was very disconnected, battled alcohol uh, bad. And at an early age, I, I tried out for Pop Warner football, and I got cut. I got cut because you had to weigh 80 pounds, and uh, you had to weigh 76 pounds, and I weighed 80 pounds, and I got cut. And I can't tell you how devastated I was because I, all I'd ever wanted to do was play football. And finally, I talked my mother into paying the fee for me to play football at NCAA, right off of Woodlawn yes. and St. Cloud. Mm -hmm. uh, they've renovated it. But back then, uh, there were a couple of coaches. There was a man by the name of Tony Alfaro and, and Coach Bentoncourt. And I was a little boy, and I never forget that, you know, playing football there, you know, I, I really, really wanted to stick. It was something that I could identify with. I was going to be one of the kids and one of the boys. And the time of the weigh-ins, I didn't make it. And I still remember uh, crying. I mean, just unconsolable. And the first impression or influence in my life was Tony Alfaro, who has now passed away. But he grabbed me and, and he gave me kisses on my forehead. And he says, I know what I'm telling you. He goes, you're going to grow up and you're going to be a fantastic young man and you're going to be a leader one day. He goes, and I'm so sorry you can't be with us, but I'm confident that you're going to make it in life. I walked home and uh, my father, I was there. He goes, so what do you, what, why are you here so early? I said, I didn't make it. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I got cut. And when I got cut, the things that he had to say to me can't be repeated on, on this podcast. Sure. But I made a decision that day. Who was I going to believe? I was either going to believe the words of my paternal father or I was going to believe the words of Tony Alfaro. Sure. And at 53, I made a decision to believe Coach Alfaro. And from then on, I uh, went to Horseman. And there was a coach by the name of Charlie Munoz. Mm -hmm. I grew up very poor. I grew up on food stamps. Grew up on Wick. There were times that we stayed at the Alasana Apache courts. Mm -hmm. We stayed in the projects at times because of the, the household that I lived in. At times, my father was so abusive that we would have to flee for safety. And uh, we were poor. I remember being at Horseman Middle School. And back then, after PE, you had to shower. And I wanted to play football again. I wanted to play for Coach Munoz and... Uh, 
again, that's why I'm saying uh, the coaches made an indelible impression because I was I was in sixth grade, and it was time to to shower after PE, and it's awkward because times have changed. True. But right. he was standing there making sure everybody was showering, and I got out of the shower, and he he looked at me, goes, "Hey boy, uh, where's your soap?" And I looked at him, he goes, where's your shampoo? Back then, it was head and shoulders and zest. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what you used. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I mumbled, and I, 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 don't, I don't have any coach. And the next day, uh, Coach Munoz showed up with a bar of zest, head and shoulders, and two towels. He says, you make sure and go to class smelling good. And then I went to, to high school, and Pat Bailey and Drew Crawford Coach Townsend, just men that that just gave me a a a map on what kind of man I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So, coaching, you know, I've always told people I, I I've been guilty of not always knowing what I didn't want to be. Or or I, I've always I've been guilty at times of saying I don't know what I want to be, but I've always known what I didn't want to be. And I and I say it in in a somber tone. I never wanted to be my father, right? But I did want to be like Coach Munoz. I did want to be like Coach Alfaro. I did want to be like Coach Bailey. I did want to be like Coach Crawford, because these guys built me up. They sent me home and restored my self esteem. So when I coach football, some of these guys they think it's it's X's and O's. <laughs> no, I'm right. I'm trying to help you realize your purpose. Sure. Because you can't play football forever. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but you can be a man of integrity. You can be a, a leader. You can be a, a good husband. You can be a good father. Because you can't run routes forever. You can't tackle forever. Your body's going to tell you eventually, you know, it's not going to happen. Right. So that's where it's at. Yeah, I was just having a conversation with my wife uh, today. And I was saying, hey, we're going to co- uh, record with the head coach. And she goes, don't you come home thinking you're going to go sign up to play for the gunslingers. And I'm like, those days have passed. Like if I ever had those days, those days are past. Like I'm not, I'm not in shape anymore uh, where I could play football. But even if I got into shape, like there are musculoskeletal issues that would, you know, my knees hurt. If I play two rounds of disc golf in the same day, I can't imagine uh, going out there and running and doing some of the things that we watched just a couple of Saturdays ago. Right. uh, Some of these guys do. So well, thank you, Coach, for sharing, because that really speaks to a lot of people out there. I know um, we all come from different backgrounds, and I think you really touched on a lot of hearts right there. I, it reminds me of a saying that you can learn two things from everybody you meet, what to do and what not to do, you right. know? Yep. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. And just believe, if, if you have one person who believes in you, sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. And not all of us are lucky enough to have that role model that person to mold you as a as a young man or young person um at home it doesn't necessarily always come from the home uh i know just from personal experience growing up and then for my son that a lot of influence that he had and that i had growing up in in athletics with coaches or teachers you know that 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 person can come from any number of locations throughout your life and it's important to realize that um, they're out there and you can just you can find that guidance somewhere if you're not finding it at, at your home well and if you don't yeah. have that like if that's not your story because like I had incredible parents like yeah. my parents were amazing and there was a time in my life where um, at church specifically 
I felt bad one day because everybody had these stories of, I used to do this and that, and I used to be involved in drugs, and I used to do this. And they had this big, amazing conversion story, and I got upset. And I was like, I don't have anything like that. My youth minister pulled me aside and go, do you understand how awesome it is that you don't have to experience what they've had to experience? The fact that you have have had uh, it it well through your life, you have parents that love you and care about you. You didn't walk down some of these other paths. Like, that's not a bad thing. That's that's the most, like, any of these kids you're talking about would love to trade that story with you. Like, they would right. love for you to take their story and them to take yours. That's true. Um, so we all come from different spots. Um, Coach, you, you go to Jefferson High School. Out of high school, did you pursue playing beyond that in college or semi-pro or any of that kind of stuff? I wanted to change the world. So when I went to college, I got a degree in theology. Okay. And, and I, wanted to, I wanted to change the world. Sure. And I, I tell people in a funny way, uh, once I graduated from college, I realized that a lot of the world didn't want to change. Right. And, you know, so the thing is this, is that, you know, football, football's been an on and off thing. I've... Uh, you know, I, I like I said, I, I really I pursued my education. I really, really, you know, I wasn't fooling myself. I know I wasn't going to go too far. I was never the biggest or the fastest, you know. Right. So I tried to play with my with my brains as well as I could. But I, I knew very, very fast that you know my ceiling was a lot closer to touch than I realized. So the education I really did uh, pursue as hard as I could. So. I tell people in a funny way, I'm 12 hours from my master's, but, you know, but I got a degree in theology. So okay. Figure. And where'd you go to school? I finished up at Latin American Bible Institute. Oh, is that that's here in San Antonio? Uh, no, it's not. That's outside of the city limits. Oh, okay. But that's where I finished up everything. Okay. And uh, so you spent some time, we talked a little bit about this before we got on air, you spent some time um, as a youth pastor, which yeah, is what I did. I did. I did. Um, and then you pastored a church. You said your first church when you were 21? I was 21. 21. Okay. Wow. What wow. ended up happening was that uh, I was working at a church, and the senior pastor came to me and says, hey, listen, I need you to go, uh, I need you to go speak at this church for the next two Sundays. I said, oh, okay. He goes, it's going to shut down. He goes, there's a bunch of troublemakers. There's like 15 of them, and one of them got in a fist fight with a pastor. Uh-oh. <laughs> I said, okay. He goes, and I don't think they'll get in a fist fight with you because you're a little bit bigger, and I think you can fight. He goes, but just go over there. He goes, it's, it's not going to make it. But if anything, just learn. And three years later, we had taken it up to 195 people. Nice. Wow. Awesome. It's incredible. So <laughs> go figure. No, no, I know. I mean, it, it, in ministry, and that's what I do, um, seeing numbers jump or dip, uh, sometimes you put a lot of that on yourself, and uh, what am I doing wrong or what am I doing right? And you and I both know that it, that's not so much what it has to do no. with. It's, and I'm looking for potential. Right. If you're looking for flaws, you're going to find them. Sure. If you look for potential in people, if you look hard enough, there's there's potential in everyone. We're all created with a purpose and potential. All of us are. So... There are some people that their eyesight is, they're looking for flaws. Right. I'm always looking for what you've got something. You just, we just got to find it. Right. So, you know, two and a half, three years later, we went from 15 to, you know, outgrowing the facility, having to do some other stuff. So uh, that's how it worked. So at what point did you jump back into coaching when, or jump into coaching? Because at this point. I, co- I jumped back into coaching 
1996. I was in Houston, Texas, and I was reading the paper. I was still in high school, young. Yeah, I was reading the paper, <laughs> and I read about a, a, a Houston team having a tryout. Yeah. And I went and did it, and I played for two or three years. And the head coach told me, he goes, you know, you should really coach. I said, no. He goes, no, yeah, you should really coach. And I ended up coaching, and I met some wonderful men that till this very day we're still friends. I, I met a young man by the name of Will Thomas, Flavius Taylor, Outlaw. Outlaw is just one tremendous football player that was just mean, gentle. <laughs> he introduced me to Cajun food. I'd never eaten boudin. Oh. Till yeah. Outlaw taught me how to eat boudin. I'd never heard of Zydeco. Uh-oh. And he goes, uh, and they used to call me Uncle Tony. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just, I, I've had a bunch of uh, wonderful players that, and I just went coaching. And then when I came to San Antonio, uh, my spouse didn't want me to coach because she said that it was too taxing emotionally. And I said, okay, I'm done. And I went to the HEB off of Evers and 410. And on my way home, I saw this team practicing. Uh-oh. And, and they looked pathetic. Okay. And I, and I did. I, was, I, didn't, I hope it didn't sound arrogant, but I got off my vehicle and I was watching them. And I didn't have a business card, but I wrote my phone number on a piece of paper. And I said, here, call me if you want to win. Just like that. And the guy looked at me, he goes, what? I said, call me if you want to win. If you want to win, call me. Okay? That's all I'm going to tell you. They called me, and for the next five years, they were in the playoffs every single, every single season. And, you know, the thing is this is that what, one of the things that I've learned as a coach is it's your job to extract. Mm -hmm. It's your job to pull. I, I tell people all the time, and I'm going to tell the gunslingers, I'm either going to make you better or I'm going to make you leave but I'm going to make you do something. That's it. You're either going to get better or you're going to get left behind. But we're, we're, I'm definitely going to make you do something. You know, so the thing is, this is that men, men want to belong to something that they're proud of, that they can say, hey, I belong to something. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So my mentality and my approach is create something that people say, I, I want to be a part of that. It's sharp. It's operated well. It's got guidelines, it's got protocol, it's got chain of command, it's got leadership, it's got foundation. That's what I want. Very simple, very simple. It's, it's not rocket science. And one of the things that I've learned is you know you're good at something when you can simplify the complicated. You know you stink when you complicate the, the, when you complicate the simple. That's when you're like, okay. We've all had teachers that were like, for some inexplicable reason, we just aced their class. What is it? He just simplified the complicated. That's it. Wasn't anything. It was just he created an environment where I was like, I, I like. I'm going to buy into this. That's coaching, one on one. So all told, before you uh, took a job with the Gunslingers, how many years have you been coaching? Eighteen. Okay. Seventeen, eighteen years. And in that time, not all as a head coach, right? But but coaching. Uh, pretty much all. Uh, okay. Two years as an assistant. Okay. And in those 18 years, in those seasons, how many, uh, and this isn't the only measure of success, but how many championship years have you walked through with teams? Four. That's amazing. Four, champ four like championships. That, that's, you know, I mean, they're not, they're, they're semi-pro and they're, you eight. know, so they don't go in the books, but 
you know. Yeah. When 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 is when, when you're yeah, yeah when, you're taking the team, when you're taking the field with this team and you're going against that team, like everybody in your league or division or whatever you want to call it is going for the same thing. And when you can hold up that trophy or announce yourself champion at the end of the year, it doesn't matter what the level of no, competition is like. Well, so, and the yeah. thing is this, is that in semi-pro, you're not paying anybody. Right. So for, for you to get people to follow you, yeah. Semi-pro. There's no vested interest. Motivation is a completely different deal. Yeah, so pro. the thing is this, is that right now, uh, you know, Facebook is a platform for everybody. Some people are going to, you know, I when I decided to do this, I was expecting a lot of people to be excited and say, man, I'm, I'm happy for you. And But but there are a lot of people that have uh, been negative, been, you know, have taken their shots, and, and it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I was able to take guys that I didn't pay, couldn't compensate in any manner, and I was able to, to, to do something to have them achieve success. So it's got to say something, whether they want to give you credit or not. Sure. That I'm not, one of the things that I've learned at 53 is don't wait around expecting people to say thank you. Right, because you may be waiting a good a long, long time. time. No doubt, and <laughs> no doubt, some people that you're you're not gonna you're not gonna appease. So it is what it is. And what I've done is is tried to try to whatever organization I've gone to, just like I've gone to the Gunslingers. My commitment is I want to leave you in a better situation than than when we first met. That's my objective. I just want you to be better than you were last season. And if I can do that, I've done my job. And say what all the naysayers say and, and everyone that has, you know, their opinions from the outside. But those men, those guys, those guys that you were leading, those accomplishments, that time is something that they're probably never, ever going to forget. Yeah. Smoking Guns podcast, Philip Ingemotham, Leo Yamas, R.C. Woods, and we're sitting down with Coach uh, Tony Hernandez. We're going to take a break for just a second. When we come mm-hmm. back, we're going to start talking about the gunslingers, um, how that happened and how that came about and what, uh, what the future looks like for that. Do you own a business? Are you looking for an affordable way to reach out to hundreds of football fans? Or uh, do you have a favorite local restaurant or bar or service or product that you think fits in perfect with the Gunslingers or with the Smoking Guns podcast? Guys, we're looking for sponsors right now, and we'd love to hear from them, right? Of course. We have lots of different opportunities for sponsors to be part of the show We'd love to be the connection between hundreds of listeners and your business. All you need to do is email us at smokingunspod, that's yep. smoking, no G, guns, with Z. a Z. With a Z. Yeah, and then pod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. That's a little different than what we gave you last time. We've changed our email address so that it lines up with everything else. Smokinggunspod at gmail.com. We'll find a spot for your business, uh, or we'll reach out to your favorite San Antonio or South Texas business and get them on board with your favorite podcast. Advertising works, and we know that because you're listening right now. They're, they're hearing true. this right now, so you're it's hearing working. this, and this is where your spot could run. Uh, so email us smokinggunspod at gmail.com. We'll find the best way for you to get involved. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> Now then, let's talk about hot sauce. 
Teardrop Pepper Company's award-winning golden habanero hot sauce has a delicious pineapple mango garlic blend quickly followed by a habanero kick to give it the perfect combo of flavor and heat. That just sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. It, it looks amazing. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, we are, we're excited about this. In fact, we are sitting here with bottles of Teardrop Pepper Company's hop, golden habanero sauce sitting in front of us at the table right now. That's right. Uh, we are excited about what they're doing. We I'm, got, I'm excited to put it on my pizza. Yeah, it's going to be good. Mm. I'm very excited. And we know there's more coming from Teardrop Pepper Company. We t- yep. He told us a couple of weeks ago that they are working on another recipe right now. Even hotter. Even hotter. So here's what you can do. Teardrop Pepper Company is proudly making their hot sauce right down the road in Austin, Texas. And you don't have to drive all the way to Austin to get it. You can order from their website, www.teardroppepperco.com. One more time. It's teardroppepperco, all one word, dot com. Use the offer code ARENA, A-R-E-N-A, and get 10% off your order. 10%? 10%. That's pretty good. That's great. And you're not going to just want to buy one bottle. No. No. You're going to want to buy a few bottles because you don't want to run out of the stuff. And it's not like you can just run around the corner to H-E-B and pick it up. That's true. Not yet. Not yet. We'll get them there. Uh, don't forget to follow Teardrop on Instagram or Facebook at teardroppepperco.com on both of those platforms to keep up with their latest creations. Smoking Guns Podcast, Philip Higginbotham, Leo Yamas, R.C. Woods. We're sitting down with coach, head coach, uh, Tony Hernandez of the San Antonio Gunslingers. Um, coach, we talked a little bit about you and who you are coming into um, this time with the Gunslingers. How do you end up connecting with them? Are these guys that you've run across before? Did they reach out to you? Like, how did this happen? I get a phone call, and they're like, Coach Hernandez, I'm like, Yes. <laughs> They're like, we'd like to talk to you. Depends on who you are. Yeah. It's, it's they said, we'd, we'd like to talk to you. I'm like, about? They said, well, we'd like to talk to you about a uh, project that's coming up. And we'd like to talk to you about it. I said, okay, well, what's it about? And that's when they started talking to me about there's an arena football team and it's going to be opening up. And I stopped them immediately. I said, listen, let me let me let you know ahead of time that I'm coaching a football team right now. We're in the middle of a season, and I'm not about to get up and leave them. I've made a commitment to them. I'm not going to leave. And he says, no, 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 no. What we're doing is not going to happen until 2021. Right. I said, okay. I said, because I'm, I'm committed, I said, and I'm not the type to just get up and jump ship. And he says, no, okay. I said, all right. And he started to, you know, tell me what they were doing. And one of the things that I told them, I said, listen, the majority of my life I've coached 11-man football. I said, so I feel very at home. And he was talking to me about, you know, the arena and the opportunities and stuff. And I said, okay. And we, uh, we spoke, hung up, and I left it alone. And around two and a half weeks later, he called again. And he goes, you know, what do you think? I said, well, I've talked to my wife about it, you know, and going to give it some thought then COVID hit mm-hmm. and it uh it put an all uh, put an end to the season that I was participating as as the as the head coach of the team that I was with right 
And I'm like, well, okay, let's see what's going to happen. Let's see what's going to happen. But out of respect, I made sure to contact the owner of the team. And I said, hey, listen, I want to let you know that I got a phone call a couple of weeks ago. I'm thinking about it. It's, it's something that I'd like to consider taking. But if I do, you'll be the first person to know because I'm not going to do it in a, in a backwards way. Right. And he says, okay. He goes, and to be honest with you, coach, he goes, I think it's an awesome opportunity. He goes, you know, I support you. I said, okay. I said, but I just want you to know that we'll do it the right way. So I spoke with the owners. We sat down and came to a mutual agreement. And as soon as I left the office, I immediately called the owner. I said, hey, listen, I want you to know that I'm going to go ahead and pursue this. And since the season has officially been canceled because of this, you know, I just want you to know. I'm not going to announce it for a good two and a half weeks, but I will notify the team that I'm officially stepping down today. Two weeks later, I'll go ahead and announce that I've accepted the position and trying to do it as tactfully as possible. Right. But like we said in the last segment, sometimes you're just not going to sure. just not going to make everybody happy. But behind the curtains, that's how it happened. Okay. Um, so what was it about this opportunity that interested you? You didn't need this. Like this wasn't no, something that you I don't, needed. I don't. Plate. And uh, you know the compensation is nice, but I, you know, I, I've got a life. And at 53, I tell people I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't have to. I've I've worked hard at doing things so that I, when I get to this point in life, I can do what I want to do. That mm-hmm. I'm not contingent on what the government's going to do for me or for what. No, I, I, I'm not doing that. I'm going to, my mother used to say, control your destiny or somebody will control it for you. Sure. So I've tried as well as I can to make good choices to where I can get to the point in my life where I can enjoy it. Needless to say, one of the things that I did was I married an amazing woman. No joke. That's a story. Anyhow, right. uh, just Ar- telling you. RC's going to spend some time okay. with her. That's just, right. just, just so you know, so. just so you know, uh, an amazing woman, amazing. And she's from Missouri, So just so you know. So I always tell her I love 24 because I'm 28. Texas is the 28th state. And Missouri was the 24th. So I always tell her 24 loves 28. So anyhow, right. uh, okay. but just, uh, man, you made me jump over the tracks. <laughs> That's what we do. We're good at that. So, you know, th- why take it? Because it was a challenge. Okay. It was a challenge in building stuff, building football teams, building people, pastoral. Sure. Love building. Love building people. I, I'm friends with Outlaw. I'm friends with Flavius. And I've seen these guys that were young guys turn into phenomenal fathers. You know, I've seen guys grow. I, I had a young man that's in, 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 in Louisiana who was a bouncer when I first met him. His name was Steve Amador. Now he's a police officer, and he's, he's serving his community. And I'm like, I helped that guy change his life. I, that's awesome. So why accept this opportunity or, or the challenge or whatever anybody wants to call it? Uh, the opportunity, the challenge. Okay. Yeah, I remember when we first met you at at the uh, the meeting we were talking about, and you talked about um, not just coaching football for X's and O's, but the opportunity to mold men to make mold men. to make to make young men into better men as 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 they progress in life. I remember you saying that, and um, with the eloquent words you use and the passion that you always speak with, it seems like you always speak from the heart. You can you can really tell that you really feel that. 
We have a shortage of leadership in yeah. this country. Yes. We have a shortage no doubt. of leadership. We have a lot of people that are looking left and right, and we're looking for people. And one of the things that I've, I've understood is, is as a man, if you don't know where you're going, what's your family going to do? You've got to know where you're going. You've got to chart it. You've got to have a plan. You can't just get up and say, well, you know, it is what it is. Wherever the day goes, it, I, I don't handle it that way. And one of the things is that I want these young men to understand you can be so much more than just a football player. Mm-hmm. Like I said, when I was 10 years old, Tony Alfaro changed my life just because he, over a, a, a 30 second hug and, and a 30 second statement. I mean, when I get to heaven, I got to find Tony and say, Coach, you right. spoke life to me, Coach. You, you altered how I saw myself and how I saw my tomorrow. So when somebody says, why accept, why, why coach? Because if I can find one guy, you know what's one of the coolest stories? I, I read up on it. There's a guy by the name of Mordecai. He was an evangelist. He went to South Carolina, and he preached at a revival. And he was bellyaching because not a lot of people came and made a decision to, to change their lives. Okay. And one of his peers goes, so, so how did it go? He goes, it didn't go well. He goes, I had one kid, one kid come up. He goes, really? He goes, yes, some kid named William, William Graham, some kid named Billy Graham. Right. Right. And the Hello. rest is history. <laughs> That's right. One kid. But that one kid, look what he's done for the world. That's true. How many lives did he change? So you're like, well, is there a, is there a kid, is there a young man that are in the gunslingers that in 20 years from now, can be coaching in the NFL, can be coaching in the CFL. And if I can put my fingerprints and help him get to that point, then I've done my part. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the X's and O's side of things. What do you see yourself as? Are you, are you more of an offensive coach? Are you more of a defensive coach? That's actually a question we got from uh, J-Bone. J-Bone, yes. yeah. I cut my teeth on defense. Okay. And I love coaching defense. Right. I hope none of the guys on offense are hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ask me, the, the, the toughest and the meanest, the real football players are on the defensive side of the ball. Sure. The, the ambassadors and, uh, you know, the models, the divas, <laughs> they're on the offensive the, side of the, the football. The faces of the franchise. And, I mean, a, on, yeah. at the tryout, I had Caleb Gambino – who who is who has been called back and we want to take a look at him and he roughed up uh Cameron Johnson the wide receiver and Cameron's like hey don't put your hands on me like that right and and Caleb's like this is what I do I'm like that's defense that's right. what I'm saying we're here to hit you that was and, down right near the end of uh that's when I had to bring them together and say hey listen guys remember sharp iron sharpens iron but if you ask me my preference you know I've I love living on the side of, of, of defense. Great moment that came out of that because I watched that exchange yeah. and they they almost they were almost ready to go. Yes, they, they, were, they were hot. Blood is hot and and that's the way practice is. And anybody that's been around football has seen those kind of moments. Um, and I was kind of surprised we didn't see a little more than we saw because they were ready to go. Yeah, it was a touching moment. 
because I'm standing there and, and Caleb Gambino has tears coming down his eyes. Mm-hmm. And I said, you okay? He, his father just died. Mm. Oh, wow. And I, when I called him to let him know that he had been invited to the tryout, and I told him, I said, it's just a shame that your father's not a, alive to see you. Right. That you could tell your father, Dad, I got invited to a professional arena football team tryout. So there was a whole bunch of emotions. Right. And when he was temperamental, I pulled him aside. I said, your dad would have been proud. Now, what I love about that moment is, uh, so this is not something I would do as a coach. You immediately put both of those guys staring across the line at each other right back on there. Yeah. Like yep. they've already almost gone at it once. You've settled that situation down within a few seconds, but you put them right up against each other again. Uh, they run their pattern, and it ends up going as an interception. Yeah. Caleb got the A&T. Just, an, yeah. just yeah. an incredible play. Caleb has a, Caleb has a pass with me. He's, he's played for me four years, and I, it's easy to fall in love with him because he, he's just nothing's been given to him. Nothing's been on a silver platter. He's always tried to, to, to find his place at the table. So the guy's always, always pushing. And it's just fun to watch him because he's. So going down the field on that play, there's a little bit of hand fighting because there is. That's the way that works. And uh, Caleb ends up coming up with the interception. And receiver, remind me of his Cameron name. Cameron Johnson. Cameron comes over and starts to approach Caleb. And I'm like, man, they're going to go again. Nope. No. Yeah. Cameron gives him a pat on the bottom and good job and that a boy, you know, that yeah. that away and cheers him, him on. Yeah. Um, even though ultimately that went his way and not uh, Cameron's way. I saw a lot of that on Saturday, uh, two two Saturdays ago, of players that are ultimately in competition with one another. And we mentioned this when we were talking to D'Angelo and uh, Jeff. And Jeffrey. Um, we talked about this a little bit. Um you're in competition with one another. Like, if that guy gets a spot, that means there's one less spot for you. And yet most of, if not all of the players that I saw out there were pushing each other. Um, I love that. I love that side of sports. And I think that um, some of that goes to, uh, some of that credit goes to you as a coach because you create that kind of environment. Because I've seen coaches that create a very competitive environment against each other where I've got to get mine because the coach, you know, it, it comes down to the environment you set. Now, you're not doing this alone either. You've got a coaching staff. I've got a couple of coaches, yes. And I've got a couple of guys that are going to be helping. I've got Coach James Walters, who did some internship and did some coaching at UTSA. I've got Greg Woodard, who is real meticulous with offense. I've got Coach Q, who's going to be helping me as an assistant head coach and helping me oversee the special teams. I've got Caleb Bloomberg, who is the quiet kid in the room. It's his first year doing anything. And as a football player, just, you know, he if he ever got a couple of snaps, and it was because of a blowout, but the guy has always wanted to help. And, and I told one of the owners, I said, you see that kid right there? And he goes, who? I said, Bloomberg. He goes, yeah, I said, don't, don't, don't sleep on him. Because I said, it's the little engine that could. And he called me. He called me around two and a half months ago. He goes, coach, whatever I can do, I just want to be a part of this because you helped me grow as a man. That's so cool. 
He goes, I just want to be a part of this so that I can grow as a man. And then I've got a guy by the name of Mike Perez who's going to help on offense and another guy by the name of Louis Jaramillo who's going to help me on offense. So I've got guys that are basically saying, listen, my football days are over, but I'd like to help the young guys come up. So if, it, if that doesn't personify San Antonio, I don't know what does. Right. right. That's what I'm saying. And, and you see the situation with Cameron and Caleb, how it was heated, how it was contentious. And that's what I'm saying before we, we, we came on live. That's what I'm looking for. One of the things that I tell football players is this. I'm not here to compete with you. I'm here to help complete you. I'm here to help Love you it. get better. And I'm expecting you to help me get better. And if we do that, well, we can take the mountain together. One of the things I've heard, I've heard a couple of your interviews as you've uh, been starting on um, this gunslinger. You've been on a couple of podcasts already. Yeah. We're, we're excited because we're the first ones to have you live in okay. our studio. <laughs> um, but you've done some phone interviews and that kind of stuff. One of the things that you said that really stood out to me, um, and we've already talked about it on the podcast some, but now you're here and you can talk about it with us, is I have no doubt that you can play football but I don't know if you can play football for me. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about that and the impetus for that being your message to a lot of players. My, my love affair with football started with Coach Tony Alfaro. Sure. And he taught me at the tender age of 10 that you respect the game, you respect your opponent, you win with dignity, and you lose with dignity. You have permission to be emotional but you do not have permission to be a distraction. The minute that a flag goes up in the air, you've become a distraction. Mm -hmm. So some of these guys have to understand, Coach, I ran a 4-6, 4-7, which we had a couple of guys run, run dynamic times. Sure. We had guys that, you know, on their cone drills were phenomenal. That's fine. I don't doubt that you can play football. But if you don't have the, the, the criteria, the, the ingredients – one of the things that I've learned is when bad, when, when, when things go wrong, don't go with them. When things go wrong, don't go with them. You've got to understand that you've got to make a choice and say, you know what? We're not, not every play is going to go in our favor. Not every call is going to go in our favor. But we've got to stay focused. We've got an agenda. We've got, we've got a plan, and we're, going, we're not going to abort it. There are a lot of people that are angry with me because they didn't get an invite. And they'll tell you, but I'm fast, but I can throw and I can catch. Yeah, but you have no character. You don't know how to handle adversity. You blow up. You lose your composure. So when I basically tell people, I don't doubt that you can play, you just might not be able to play for me is because it's got nothing to do with your abilities on the field. It's how you act on the sideline. It's how you conduct yourself during warm-up. It's how you talk to people in the stands. Because guess what? People are coming. And some people are going to heckle you. Right. Yep. You've got to learn to do it. One of my favorite movies is Madagascar. Just smile and wave, boys. Just right. smile and wave. <laughs> smile Cute and cuddly. Because guess what? There are people that, that are not going to be there to root for you. They're going to heckle you. You're going to drop the ball. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to talk to you. They're going to talk trash. Right. It's part of football. You just got to understand, you know what? It is what it is. I'm a, I, am reflection, I am a reflection of San Antonio. I am a, an ambassador for sports in San Antonio. And I can't handle myself that way. I can't get on Facebook Live and do something foolish. It's just not going to happen. Right. 
So you well, say that, Coach. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, I the great thing about this podcast is that we have these guys who are geniuses about football, and then you have me, you know, and so I bring a different perspective. And one part that really impressed me about the combine was when you all were in a circle and the guys were doing sit-ups and you, everybody was encouraging each other, but then you went down and you started doing sit-ups with them. I mean, that really showed your character that you were going to help them achieve the goal of doing those sit-ups. And that really impressed me. So I just wanted to say thank you for that because that really showed your leadership. No, I appreciate it. And, so. and aside from that, like as they're doing their push-ups, as they're doing their sit-ups, um, there were some guys that weren't able to achieve everything that you would ask them to do. And uh, you gave them a hard time yeah. because that's you, your job is to motivate them to get the extra out of themselves that they don't know is there. And I saw a couple of guys that got up and they're kind of rolling their head. They're kind of like, oh, man. And I'm thinking, if you're bothered at this point, you may want to head for the door because I think there's a lot more of this in store because yeah. he wants what he wants. He wants every bit he can get out of you. I want to give something to San Antonio that San Antonio can say, thank you. That's it. Sure. I, I want to present 25 men to San Antonio that say, here you go. Here you go. That's what I was about to address a, a moment ago. Um, you said, it, it seems to me like you really take it personally that when you took this job, when, when you uh, decided to take the challenge, as you said it was, to build this team, it was going to be something that San Antonio was going to be proud of. It was something that you were putting on your shoulders, your personal goal to represent San Antonio and the essence of what San Antonio is to the rest of the world. Uh, you said something it, at the Combine that um, was captured uh, very eloquently uh, by our guys over at Pub, our friends over at Pub Sports Radio oh, yeah. on the video, um, which, I mean... It, you saw the video, right? Yeah. You spent a lot of time on Facebook, so you saw the video. <laughs> yeah. Well, talk about getting pumped up, but... Um, the, the message where you have there uh, that, that really came, came across to me was the 210's got something to say. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, make a good t-shirt. Wouldn't we've kind of <laughs> talked about it, about doing a t-shirt that has something that, that says the 210's got something to say as kind of a quote shirt from coach Hernandez. So with your, yeah. with, with your permission, that's something that the smoking guns podcast would like to add to their Absolutely. gear. Absolutely. And the thing is, is, is that I want people trademark. to know San Antonio is, is the place to be. I want people to understand, you know, and you got to understand, I grew up watching George Gervin. Yes. James mm -hmm. Silas, Mike Mitchell. I grew up revering David Robinson, who was the, who was the quintessential professional Right. I remember <laughs> I remember being over there by Wurzbach and 410 and he was parked behind me at a red light and I'm all like looking through the rearview mirror and I'm <laughs> waving and I'm waving and what does he do? He rolls around, lowers his windows, he goes, Hi. Wow. I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> David Robinson said hi to me. Yeah. And it was his humility. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's among the top one hundred players in the NBA. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer part of the dream team and the guy takes the time to roll down his window and say hi and what i understand is this we're we're suffering right now we're we're at a shortage for humble leadership yes for humble leadership so the thing is this is that i'm looking for 25 guys that won't get their head inflated but rather will say you know what i'm fortunate to be in this position 
And man, you know what? Thank you so much. Thank you, San Antonio, for embracing us. Thank you for coming to our games. Thank you for inviting me to a podcast. Can you just go back to saying thank you? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we can find 25 football players that have a thankful heart, not rather, well, why aren't I getting the reps? You're not our guy. Right. Well, why aren't I starting? You're not our guy. You're not our guy. You're not our guy. Go back over there where you're the slot receiver and you run a 5-2-40 on turf with the wind of your back. Get out of here. I ain't got time for you. Okay? Go back to the quarterback that can't read a defense. Go get out of here. We didn't got time for you. We're looking for guys that are coachable, teachable, and have a grateful spirit. We find those guys, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. I promise you. That reminds me of that whole, uh, speaking of Spurs, um, and David Robinson is one of my all-time favorite players, but uh, Tim Duncan kind of carried on that yes, that yes. mentality where they said he's the superstar of the team, but Popovich would lay into him, and it was a message to the rest of the players that if if Duncan can be can take that sort of abuse from from Coach Popovich, then nobody else can step forward and say, "Well, why why am I why are you yelling at me?" Well, and not that we're a Spurs podcast, but that's exactly the reason that number two's not here anymore. Is he's not that kind of guy. Like he wants to be the star. He right. wants to be in LA and he wants to, you know, be the man. And and that's not the way things work with the Spurs. And so that's why, you know, ultimately Kawhi Leonard didn't work here. Um, he's got a different mentality than a guy like very David Robinson. Player, oh, very but an incredibly didn't, gifted didn't player. But he's not he's not got that mentality of a David Robinson or a Tim Duncan, and that's why it just doesn't didn't work. Um, you can hate him. I support that. I'm not even a Spurs fan. I support Spurs fans being ticked off with a guy. Um, but ultimately, it just wasn't going to work. Uh, he's not that kind of guy. He's a different kind of guy. Smoking Guns podcast and apparently uh, Spurs react, too. I, I was like, oh, we're going to go over there. Um, Smoking Guns podcast, Philip Higginbotham, Leo Yamas, R.C. Woods. We're sitting down with Coach Tony Hernandez. We're going to take another quick break. And then we will be back and we'll talk about what the future of San Antonio Gunslingers football is going to look like. Smoking Guns Podcast is excited to offer you a way to be a part of our team by supporting the show on Patreon. We're excited about bringing you the best coverage of the San Antonio Gunslingers and all the fun and the fans around the team. If you're able, head over to www.patreon.com slash smoking, no G, no G, guns with a Z, with a Z, pod, and uh, support Smoking Guns. We have a $5 level, a $10 level, a $20 level a month to help us Just make this show go so that we can continue to bring you everything in and around this community that we're already getting started. And we've already had some listeners jump on board and support us. Thank you so much. It is amazing that Mo and Iris and Herman Herman. have all jumped on board and said, we like what, in in fact, Herman said, I enjoy this show so much. I want to make sure you guys keep going. And that's that's awesome. mm -hmm. That is awesome. We could not be more excited um, to have them on board, and we would love to get more of you on board. Um, there are costs that are just that we just have True. to make the show happen, and to make this happen, money re- money is required. Yep, that's what it takes. But they also get a little bit in return for their generosity, right? Yeah, each and every episode, we're going to recognize our patrons, uh, and patrons will have priority when it comes to any questions or comments they want to get to any of our guests. We've got guests already lined up. 
that you're excited about. Today you're hearing Coach Tony uh, Hernandez. Um, I will tell you that the ownership of the Gunslingers is all but confirmed for our next episode. And we've even got somebody that uh, Command Post podcast folks will remember, I think lined up after that. Yes, for sure. may rhyme with Darcy Mace. Uh, yeah, that's good. We might be able to put uh, something. So you will have priority when it comes to getting questions and comments to them. Uh, when we put out our merchandise, which is really, really soon. In fact, Coming by up. the time you're listening to this, we may already have some merchandise starting to show up. It's in shipping. Up. It's in shipping. Yeah, it's getting shipped right now. When that happens, you're going to be available. Uh, you're going to be able as a patron to have special discounts or special priority on those orders. Help us continue to make uh, the gunslingers famous in San Antonio. Get all the info you're looking for about how to support the show by going over to Patreon.com, Smoking Guns Pod. And signing up to be a part of our team. Thanks, guys. All right. Smoking Guns Podcast. Philip Hingamotham, Leo Yamas, R.C. Woods, head coach Tony Hernandez hanging out with us. Um, so, coach, let's start talking a little bit about the future. Um, what... You got you got one season, for sure. I mean, let's let's be really honest. We've all been around San Antonio football. We all know that this can be a season to season, sometimes a game to game kind of thing. Yep. Um, but let's call it a season to season thing. Um, in in season one, how is this going to be? What makes this successful? At what point will you say this has been a successful venture? Seven and three. Okay. I'm being very, very honest. And the thing is this is that I'm not going to wait around and say, well, you know, because I've, like I said it earlier in the podcast, I've been here all my life. I've right. seen teams come and go. One of the things that I did is I sat with the ownership and I said, look, one of the things that I've learned in business is that for you to be successful, you got to learn from other people's failures. You know, learn yeah. from other people's failures. So one of the things is, you know, keep it, keep it, operate on a budget. Don't overspend. You know, don't go spending on things that you don't. I mean, there's a there's a business principle called red light, green light. If it's working, that means green light. Keep going. But don't invest money if you keep getting red lights. Stop, stop investing. So one of the things is this, is that what I can control is this. I can control the, the preparedness of the football team. Sure. I have no control over injuries. Right. I have no control over COVID. That's true, too. Right. Okay. Sure. So what can I do? I can get 25 guys ready. I can get them all on the same page. At the same time, I want to emphasize to them that being a part of this football team, you're an ambassador. So in the first year... Set the precedence. Let, let San Antonio know that you're community friendly. You know, get out there. And like, like you said earlier, RC, about doing the sit-ups and the push-ups, one of the things that I've taught my football teams is this. I can't ask of you what I'm not willing to do. Mm -hmm. So running my three to four miles a day, doing my 330 push-ups, my 330 sit-ups, it's not a cakewalk. But I can't ask you to do something that I'm not doing. So 
as this football team, what, what are the things that I can do to make sure that we're successful in our first season? Well, get them prepared. Surround them with coaches that are going to get them prepared, get them equipped, keep them healthy, but also get them, get them involved in the community. Get out there and do something. You know, get out there and do something. Go serve at the Jimenez Thanksgiving. And, you know, I say that, but I'm not trying to plug it, but, man, I don't even know if they're going to have it this year. Right. Yeah. Well, sure. I, I can talk about that because she's my best friend. Patricia but, Jimenez, I went yeah. to high school with her. And it's a dilemma right now for her yeah. because she wants to do it because she's been doing it for so many years, but how are we going to do it safely? Because it's all based on volunteers. Yeah. And so with COVID, we don't know how that's going to work, but the need of there is now more than ever. You know, yes. we need to serve these people. So we're, and I say we, cause I'm always in contact with her. And we're talking about this. Are we going to have like a drive through session? Are we going to, you know, have it where you just come up, pick up your plate. Are we going to have home deliveries? So it's going to be different, but if everything goes well, we're planning on to continue to have that. And that's um, more of like a community helper. And so even like a couple of weeks ago when you came and you donated those cans, um, I really do want to feel part of the community. We have a great community here in San Antonio and a very giving and loving family. And so I want to bring that to the Gunslingers and also to our podcast, the Smoking Guns podcast. So we're actually going to be doing more of the community service. And so I've already talked to Patricia, and she's on board to see if we can get any help from the Gunslingers or from the podcast. And I know we've been talking about actually doing a fan drive. Yep. And so we're going to be starting that probably in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be collecting fans, um, having people donate fans, and then uh, pass them to them. Catholic Charities, and they will be in charge of passing them out to people yeah. who don't have fans. And now, especially with COVID, people losing their jobs. Absolutely. You know, and and believe it or not, that. like I realize that most of us that listen to this podcast or spend time around this podcast don't live in a world where this is true. But not everybody has that air conditioner that you have in your no, house. We don't. And no. if it's 100, if it's 98 degrees outside, it's 98 degrees inside. Yeah, that Texas um, heat can get really bad, I've especially done, coming months. I've done some work down uh, up in uh, Lano last summer. We took a, a group up there, and a lady had no air conditioning in her home, her trailer. And uh, all she was asking was for us to build a screen door on the front of her house because she already had a screen door on the back of her house. And if she had them on both sides, she could open up those doors and there would at least be a breeze that blows through her house. And I had students come up to me and go, I can't imagine a world where I don't have air conditioning. And I said, man, it's the reality for some people. So doing something like gathering fans, fans are what, 25 bucks? You can get a box fan for nine ninety nine. Really? You go to Walgreens. And, uh, and that could be the difference in, that could be a huge difference for someone. Yes. Right. And our yeah. little slogan, we're still working on it, but it's like, if you're a fan you know, purchase a fan and be a hero, you know, because yeah. that's all it takes. If we all can purchase one fan and we'll, we're going to be collecting them and then we'll take them to where they can be dispersed. We really need you as a fan, football fan, gunslinger fan, podcast fan. If you could do that, that really will help us to give back to the community. And that's really what we want to do. What was it? It was be a fan, bring a fan, be a hero. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the, the fact that you say seven and three is a, is a goal. Because it's a realistic goal. Um, you're not saying we're going to go out and we're going to be undefeated and we're going to win championship in our first year. Like, you'll take that. Yeah. If that's what ends up coming your way, absolutely. Um, I, I feel like there are people out there that have this, and it's never people that have played sports before, but they have this mentality of, 
if you give in, you know, if you're realistic like that, then you're not bought in all the way. Yeah. And that's just not true. No, uh, I'm just, I understand how much com- competition there is. I'm bringing 25 guys that have never played together. Yeah. That's why way before we ever take the field, that's why I want them to go with me to a hospital. I want them to go to the cancer ward where the little boys and the little girls are that because there's nothing like reality to bring you back together. One of the things that I've learned is some of the best leaders are servants first. Sure. Mm -hmm. Some of the best leaders are servants first. So the thing is this is that I want them to do things. I want them to go to some of these middle schools and, and, and speak to these kids. There's one thing that I'm really pushing for and – I was going to talk to the to the ownership, but I guess they're going to find out now. Yeah, they're going to hear it because <laughs> they listen. Hi, Jason. Hi. I, Hello. I want to broker a practice where we adopt a Pop Warner team and say, this Saturday, you practice with us. That's great. That's awesome. Every, every wow. guy on our yeah. football team, every guy on our football team, quarterback, go get the little boys that are quarterbacks. You're working with them. Receivers, you're working with the little ones. Every, everybody on that team, you're working whoever he is. If he's 12 and you're 30, that's your practice partner. Work it out. Imagine the experience that that little boy's going to have to go home and tell everybody, I practiced with a professional yeah. team this weekend. Awesome. What did you do? Mm-hmm. Oh, you were yeah. on Xbox. Yeah, bro. I was, <laughs> I was smashing heads with Pierre Turner, the anchor of the defense. What about you? I, threw, I caught passes from David Olvera. Really? Yeah, I tried to cover Cameron Johnson. What? Yeah. <laughs> so it's things like that that are. I'm not going to wait till the third year, because I'm a businessman and I'm not. I'm not naive. So if we do things right, then God willing, we get another season. But I'm not going to wait to get to a point and say, okay, now, now I can do something for San Antonio. It doesn't work that. I'm going to do whatever I can. Whatever I can, whether it's drive up to a Target parking lot and bring something mm-hmm. or go buy a fan on my way home tonight. But the thing is, is don't wait to be a blessing. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we did as we knew you were coming on is we pushed it out to uh, social media to ask questions. And I was really kind of scared to do that. I thought we were going to get a, this deluge <laughs> of questions and we were going to have to spend the whole time talking to you about what everybody else wanted to know. Um, strangely, we didn't get a ton, but I got a few. Okay. Um, so these are these are questions that got sent in. I got one from uh, Louis Jaramillo. You know that guy? Vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. We got a couple of players that emailed us and said, I want you to ask him what he thinks of me. So I'm going to ask you, and you you take this opportunity to say whatever you want. If 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 you end up putting them on blast, they asked for that. Okay. Um, so Louis Jaramillo says, how does he feel about Louis Jaramillo's helping out on the offense and what does he think he can bring to the team? So what would your response to Louis be? I wish, I wish Louis was 25 pounds lighter <laughs> okay. because, because when Louis played running back, he, he, he pretended like there was no out of bounds. He was going to run through you. He didn't believe in juking. Okay. If you were in the way, Louis was going to run through you. And you are going to hear it from across the field. Wasn't the fastest, wasn't the biggest, but don't let size fool you. Louis, Louis was going to make no mistake. He was going to lay the lick into you. You were, you were, 
you were going to be in the collision, but you were not the one initiated. And I'm like, Louie, run out of bounds. <laughs> run out of bounds, Louie. See that side feels line? better to run through somebody. I'm like, Louie. Well, I got good news, Louie. There is no out of bounds now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he's going to help me on, in, on, in, as an interim coach, and he's going to be helping us. But if I had it my way, I'd get him in the gym and take 25 pounds off of him and say, here's number 22. Get yourself ready. This guy served time in Afghanistan. Awesome. Endured multiple mortar attacks. Multiple mortar attacks. This guy saw battles face to face. And if you speak to him, docile, humble, just a good, good man to meet. He makes you better. So I got another one for you. Ready? I'm sorry. This may not be from this person. It is from an anonymous fan. Okay. Here's their question. How do you feel about the possibility of signing Boss Hogg, one of the most dominant linemen in semi-pro, and how do you believe he can help your team? We were actually going to trade him. So. <laughs> <laughs> William, Rich- William Richardson is a good young man. Uh, he's a good young man. He's, uh, he's coachable. Good. And uh, he's a beast. He really is. He'll, he, he's coachable. And he allows you to lead him. So the thing is, is that got good plans. He's the kind of he's he still has a good ten years of football in him, ten years of football. So he's the kind of guy that can still play another ten years. Yeah, and hopefully hand the reins over and say, okay, it's your time to coach. So there's a word that you mentioned, coachable. I I've never played football. I played pop Warner for like half a season, and then I quit, and that was the dumbest decision I ever made in my life. But I did it. Um, I never played football. I never coached football. But in my estimation, and all the time I've spent around the sport now as a 40-year-old man, I would say the ability to be coachable is the number one thing that somebody's got to have. If they have that, you can do something with them. And if they don't have that, it doesn't matter what else they have. It's, it's almost worthless. If you ever meet a young man by the name of Brandon Armstrong okay, or Kali Rashad. I know a Brandon Armstrong, but it's probably not the same one. Okay, this Brandon Armstrong... Played at UTSA. Okay. And is just, has played for me several years. Uh, and he is one of the most gifted football players you will ever meet. And so, so humble. And just, hey, Brandon, I need you to line up here. Okay. Just popped off a 75-yard run. Brandon, I need you out. Not why. Or not, he never throws his helmet. Literally goes to the bench, sits down, grabs a bottle of water, sips, stands right next to me. I'm like, where are you? I'm right here. You ready? Yes. Not, hey, coach, put me in. Hey, coach, put me in. Hey, coach, put me in. He doesn't throw temper tantrums on the sideline. That's what I mean by coachable. Sure. Just, you let me know when you need me to do my thing, and I will do my thing. Nice. So I've got a couple of questions from Alba Nava. You know her? No. Okay. Well, she has a couple of questions for you, Coach. Oh my. Um, how would you describe your coaching style? Oh, I can be a jerk. Okay. One of the things that I've learned is that you'll never be successful until you have the courage to piss people off. Yeah. If you're trying to make everybody happy, you will not it's be not successful. It's not going to happen. Doesn't so work. And by the way, you won't be successful pleasing no, everybody no, either. No. Like so you can't do that either. I I operate. And I know they can't see it because we're in a podcast, but it's the way I I dealt with my children. From day one, it's a grip. But once I see you get a little bit more, I I release. 
and I release and I release. One of the things that I tell my football players, how I coach, you supervise children, you manage men. You supervise children, you manage men. I like that. If you act like a child, I don't have time to supervise you. I, have, I need to manage people. So there are football players, like I said, that are offended that I didn't get a call. It's because I have to supervise you. Because you're, you're, just, you're just an explosion. We're looking for guys. And the kind of people, the kind of coach I am, I'm going to manage you. I'm not going to bar you from being a man. I'm not going to bar you from being that beast. You want to rip somebody's head off? Fantastic. But when the whistle blows, stop. Stop. Yeah. Go back to the huddle and get ready. And when, the, when, when we snap that ball, rip his head off again. But when the play is over, get back to the huddle. Right. Because if not, you're going to hear it from me. Sure. She also asked what led you into the coaching world. I think we kind of covered a lot of that yeah, in that first yeah. segment. Yeah. Um, and the coaches that have made a big impact on you and the way that you kind of want to be that same uh, yes. sort of impact for yeah. young men in your, on your teams. Uh, most importantly, she says, what's one thing that you enjoy of San Antonio's culture? That's a big one. That's a good question. Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> this is why we ask other people for questions. I never <laughs> thought of that question. I love, I love the climate. I love the, the. You're not talking about the actual weather. No, not the weather. <laughs> I'm talking the, the, the people. Sure, the people. Because I've I've been in other places and it's it's but it is changing. It is. Uh, the whole world is changing. It's changing, and I don't recognize my city like I used to. But. There's a young man that, that I'm hoping will play for us. His name is Trey Anderson. Okay. And none of us are strangers to what happened. So when you ask me what, what I love about San Antonio, Trey Anderson is what I love about San Antonio. Trey Anderson. He's a coach at O'Connor High School. Okay. And Memorial Day weekend, if you remember, George Floyd was murdered. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And all hell broke loose all over the United States. Right. There was protests all over the place. And we had protests in downtown San Antonio. There were broken windows and shattered things and graffitied. What do I love about San Antonio's Trey Anderson? Trey Anderson is a coach at O'Connor. And on Sunday, on Sunday, he took his broom, his, his dustpan, trash bags, and coordinated guys and women, women and men, to go downtown and sweep and clean up the damage that others had done. If that doesn't personify San Antonio, sure, that's what I love. Yeah, absolutely. No, it wasn't the city of San Antonio didn't send their employees. Right. Trey Anderson went. And I'm like, he's the kind of guy that makes me a better man. So if you ask me, what do you love about San Antonio? That kind of ingredient. I love it. I love it. You know, I love San Antonio. I'm not from here. I've been here about 12 years. Um, came from the Dallas area. That's where I grew up. That's where I was born, where I grew up. I'm still a Mavericks fan. Sorry. I'm just Nobody's perfect. We forgive you. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. <laughs> it's just we all flaws. Um, but uh, Dallas and, for that matter, Houston, all of these large cities um, that are around us, and even some smaller cities, feel like large cities. Um, San Antonio has always felt to me like a community still. It's a, it's a big city. Like we're, we're one of the, uh, largest cities. We're what? Number eight, eight I think somewhere in the country. Somewhere up there. Right? Yeah. And yet 
uh, you know, you can run into David Robinson at a stoplight. Like those kind of things happen here. Um, that doesn't happen in Dallas. Like I stood in line for four hours to get Rafael Palmero to sign an upper deck baseball card. And then he turned out to be a roided out dude that that baseball card's not worth anything anymore. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Rafael. Um, but anyway, not that I'm bitter about that Obviously or anything, <laughs> but you don't run, you don't see that. You know, you can run into people here in San Antonio that, you know, that's, that's Tim Duncan, that's David Robinson or Becky Hammond. Like you can run into those people here. Um, and your players are going to have to live in a community where that's possible, where everything they do, somebody could see that and, yeah. and connect them to the gunslingers. And, and you could get a phone call or uh, a message, a link you already have. Um, you were telling us, we don't need to tell the story on, but you've already gotten some links from this guy came and tried out for you and look what he's posting on yeah. social media. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the kind of community that this is. And I, I like the faith the, the small town kind of feeling. Um, RC is, uh, not a football person. I'm not. She's not. Okay. And that's okay. I'm a good um, cheerleader though, but she loves to find out. She, she just has this group of questions that she loves to ask that gives us really good insight into people. Okay. And so we're going to wrap things up. Um, I wish we had a whole nother hour. And at some point you're going to have to come on and do another one with us as we get closer to the season. Um, But we're going to wrap things up with RC and her questions and and see what kind of, they're not hard. They're not hard. They have nothing to do with football. So take a deep breath and let it all out. Okay. So being San Antonio and we all love our breakfast tacos, what would be your favorite breakfast taco? It's a tie. A tie, okay. Carnizada with cheese. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. And the barbacoa. Okay, from with where? cilantro and cebolla and salsa. Where? Where? Well, I used to have a place right there off of Hildebrand in I-10. It was called Cristan's. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, uh-huh. I've been going there since I was a little boy to the point to where it would offend me if they would bring me a, a menu. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Right. <laughs> you, know who I am? <laughs> you know who I am? Right. You know, like, I'm a made guy. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but now... Uh, there's a little place over there off of Culebra called Fajita Express, and they, you know, the only thing is I always have to tell them, you know, hey, make sure and cook the tortillas. I don't want them to be all elastic. So is it the it. the Fajita Express on Culebra by sixteen oh four? Right there. Okay, I, I've been there. My, yeah, yeah, I so, like it. But I try to stay away from them because I'm trying, I'm trying to. You got to, that challenge going, right? Yes, yes, and I started a new one today. So what's the challenge? One. It's a seventy five hard. It's seventy five days in a row. Oh my God. I got to drink a gallon of water, which I already have. And plus, I have to read 10 pages of something that makes me grow as a person. Okay. So it's not like Fifty Shades of Grey. It's got to be something that grows me. Okay. It's John okay. Maxwell. John Maxwell is one of my favorite authors. I, I read David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me, which all of the football players will have to read. But it's two workouts, and both workouts are 45 minutes long, but one of them has to be outside. So tonight when I go home... Wow. Uh, I'm going to do 45 minutes of push-ups outside. And so it'll take me around 450 push-ups. Where do you, you know get these like challenges? Or you, or you just make them up? <laughs> no, or? no, no. I do a lot of reading, oh, and okay. I do a lot of research, and I follow like David Goggins and Andy Frisella. So I'm always looking for things that are going to grow me and grow me and challenge me. But, you know, like I told somebody the other day, I need a T-shirt that says, Tony, be quiet. Okay. <laughs> because the other day, somebody back in, back in June, somebody goes, hey, you want to try this challenge? I said, what is it? He goes, it's just 330 push-ups and 330 sit-ups and 3.30 miles. I'm like, 
I can do that. I could do that in 75 goes, days. What's every every day <laughs> for 30 days? Oh my gosh. Oh no. no. Every I'm out. day for 30 days. We're out. <laughs> and yeah, after like the second or third day, it hurt to cough. Uh oh. You know? So, A, I was nervous to cough because they're like, Does he have COVID? I'm yeah, like, No, right. I know. I'm just, <laughs> scared you know. to cough. But man, that, I'm walking, those are my two favorite tacos. Okay. I was great. walking by somebody today in Walmart. I was going to pick up some stuff that we actually needed for the show. And I'm in Walmart and my mask or whatever just kind of tickled my nose and I sneeze. And like four people backed away. Yeah. Look, look at, at me. You. And I, I thought they yeah. were going to jump me because I had a. Anyway, go ahead, Arcee. Okay, so um, uh, your favorite song or your top two songs that are in your playlist? Oh, I'm going to tell on myself because, uh, you know, my wife laughs because everybody sees this rough yelling, screaming. But uh, it's it's, the movie is... uh, Star is Born with mm-hmm. Lady Gaga uh-huh. and Bradley yeah. Cooper. Yes. It's a great movie. And I'm just... Shallow? I'm just... I There's a couple of songs in there uh, that just stopped me dead in my tracks and had me thinking about my wife. So, you okay. know. How many years have you been married? Uh, I just got married. I, Congratulations. I was, married, I was married 20 years, and uh, they divorced me. And I, and I say it, they divorced me because I didn't want to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. Biblically, I don't believe in it, but it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I was bummed out, and I had a friend of mine named Chip Thornsburg, and great friend of mine. And he told me, you know, you really need to meet somebody. And I said, yeah. He goes, why don't you get on, a, on one of those dating sites? I said, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> he goes, Tony, it's $139. I said, I'm not paying $139 to meet a woman. I'm ugly, but I'm not that ugly. <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 no. It's for six months. I said, oh, $139 for six months? He goes, yeah. I said, okay. Yeah, that doesn't sound. So I got on, and, you know, every morning you wake up, and there's X amount of people that are, are apparently they click with you. And, uh, you know, it wasn't working out. And after a couple of, I think it was like a month or two months, I wake up one morning and there's this there's this one lady and she only posts two pictures. Two pictures. And she wasn't in a bathing suit or, you know, itty bitty shorts. She was just in a just a, a shirt, a, a beanie. And I'm like, I couldn't take my eyes off her. I'm like, who is this? Me, I tried to hack the site. I was trying to put 30 fake pictures of me, man. I'm like, I gotta get somebody to help me hack this thing. I gotta, you know, I gotta do something. And so I sent her an email, mm-hmm. and I said, hi, my name is Tony. I would really like to meet you. And the next day, she didn't respond. And like three or four days later, my buddy Chip talks to me. He goes, hey, have you, have you heard from her? I said, no, no, I haven't. He goes, well, she might be busy. I said, oh, come on. How busy can you be not to respond to, hi, my name is Tony. I'd like to meet you. It's not that hard. I said, it's not. You're not going to play me. And I said, I tell you, man, every time I want to meet somebody, they never want to meet me back. I said, it's just, it's just not right. He goes, well, she might be busy. She might be on vacation. I said, whatever. So around nine to ten days later, uh, we talk again. He goes, did you hear from her? I said, no. And she better not respond. <laughs> I said, she had, better, she had better not respond. I said, because if she does, I'm going to tell her to get lost. I don't know who you think you are, but you don't make me wait. Not me. 
I got my life together. I'm a, I'm a successful real estate agent. I own my own home. You will not make me wait no 14 days. I don't know who you think you are, but you will not do that to me. So she better not respond. Next day I wake up and I see an email that says, Hi, Tony. I'm Sherry. I was like, uh -oh. hi. <laughs> hi. And we met. We met. And, uh, and it's weird because I told her last year, I said, you know, you're my best friend. And she's my best friend. And I tell people, and I tell her, that over a span of 20 years, somebody broke my heart. And this woman in under six months put it back together. That's awesome. That's wow. great. So she's, uh, she's cool. So she's uh, she's amazing. So she's uh, she's probably getting mad because I told that story, but that's what you get for making me wait two weeks. Payback. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I'll be talking to her on Wednesday, so we're okay. going to do an well, interview. So yeah, so officially we were married in May. Uh, uh -huh. For now we're going on three years, oh. but we've known each other for four, and uh, and we do everything together. We go to the gym together. Uh, she's introduced me to asparagus because I'm a Mexican. Yeah, we don't eat that. Right. You know, I've never eaten sweet potatoes. I'm a Mexican. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, chorizo con huevo, papas oreadas. And we get married, and she puts asparagus on my plate. She didn't even ask me. You know, she How just put she it on there. And, you know, How dare well, she? But How and dare being she? Mexican, being Mexican, right. when they put it on you your plate, eat. you eat it. You right. eat. Yep, yep. So I'm like, what is this? You know, and now, oh, man, all kinds of stuff I eat now. I'm all cultured. So I'm like, <laughs> look at me. So my complexion's clear. So yeah, she's introduced me. We, uh, we I've never been to Starbucks. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. Yes. We just became Facebook friends last week. I think I finally uh, sent you a friend request and you post cooking videos. Yeah. I love oh, cooking for nice. her. On a, on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, I, I haven't cooking. watched any of them, but I've seen them. Like, yeah, I love cooking for her. That's great. So I love spoiling her. Okay. So uh, what's your favorite? Um, and I see that you have quite a few tattoos and I actually have quite a few too. You can't see them. So if you had to get one more tattoo, what would it be and where? Uh, I would probably put it somewhere on my back. Okay. Because that's the only space I have. I have around 32 tattoos. They oh. all have meanings. Of course. So if you see on my right, it's I saw six, that one. 637 is what I always tell my wife. Always and forever. And if you look over here, it says 308. Uh -huh. 308 is where I was. I, I grew up at 308 Rex over there by Edison High School. I live in a $300,000 home, but I refuse to forget where I came from. Gotcha. So if I were to get a tattoo, it would probably be on the backside. Mm -hmm. It would probably be an X, mm -hmm. uh, so that people know where to put the knife at. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, because you know what? We live in a world right now where people are backstabbers. I'm like, you know what? Because I know you ain't going to put it up in my face. You know, and I know you ain't going to square up. So if you're going to put it, you're going to have to put it in the back. So let me give you a spot. So there you go. Okay. So. Last one. What's your favorite candy? Candy bar. My favorite candy is the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And okay. I'm looking across the table at you, and she asked that question, and I'm like, he's going to say nothing because this oh, man no, doesn't need a lot of candy. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, and here's the thing. So, and that's what I like about my wife because she likes Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. So we, we, we'll eat that. You know, we'll get the four pack and, you know, two for her, two for me or so. But that's my favorite. I get a four but, pack. I eat all uh, four. I know. Four, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you ever Within put them in, in the freezer? By <laughs> looking you get at them nice and cold? <laughs> yes. That's good. So I like to make her a little cheesecake, a cheesecake cupcake. But I put the Reese's peanut butter cup in there and then I put the batter and it bakes. Oh. 
So when nice she surprise. Bites into the cheesecake, there's peanut butter in there. So nice. nice. Well, I'm a true believer that behind every great man, there's a woman. Yeah. And so, um, kudos to her because I do see a lot of your videos, and she cooks a lot, and you <laughs> seem very happy and true blessing. But also, I wanted to mention that we're trying to start a female kind of fan club, okay. and we're going to be calling it the Gunsling Hers. Okay. So <laughs> I, I may Get be it. sending. I might be sending her an invite. So tell okay. her to look out for that. I will. I will. So, Coach, uh, we're going to wrap up our time. We've really enjoyed this. Um, we hope we get – well, and we know we will get to yeah. spend some time with you um, as we get closer to the season. And you mentioned something that I thought we would have talked about earlier, and it's my fault. This is a great opportunity for you to um, plug yourself. I, you, you, you do real estate. You sell real estate, I right? Do. I do. And so people that are looking right now need to go where to find you to – Oh, to they help can, them, they can, they can they can call me. <laughs> you know how I got into real estate? I got into it by accident. Really? Okay. Yeah, and uh, I got into real estate by accident because I was working on military aircraft and I got laid off. And the first house I ever sold, I bought it for a hundred dollars. The house was so bad that you could drop a car in the house because the hole in the roof was so bad. It was a flip. Yeah. Wow. And I sold it for twenty six thousand in under three days. And my friend told me, you should get into real estate. And I, I wasn't, I was, but I wasn't. Because in the back of my mind, I was always telling myself, well, what if you don't sell anything? Right. So I took all my classes and uh, went to take my real estate exam. And I, and I flunked it. And I took it the second time and I flunked it. And, and when I, I remember my, my ex-wife sitting me down and telling me, listen, I got to set you straight. I know you want to do this. But you need to understand you don't have what it takes. Uh, you're not made for that kind of profession. You need to be real and go get a real job because you're not going to be a real estate agent. And I called my mom very dejected because I had flunked the exam. And she told me, and, and she's not alive anymore. She said, son, how many times have I told you that he'll open your eyes to things that you can't see and he'll give you wisdom that you don't have? And... Right before I took my exam, I bowed my head and I said, look, I, I can't do this without you. I've studied as hard as I can. And either you're going to open up my eyes and give me understanding to succeed or I'm going to fail it again. And at the end of the exam, I passed. The lady was so excited. She's like, hey, passed. I'm like, how about that? And I didn't have to do it in crayons. <laughs> 13 months later, I was real estate rookie of the year. Nobody had sold more homes in San Antonio than I had. And I've never looked back, and I'm on pace to do six to seven million this year. So I specialize in helping people buy and sell, and just I try to take care of my clients as best as I can. So if they Google San Antonio Tony Hernandez real estate, they're gonna find you. Ah, uh, it'd be better if they call two one zero six two four fourteen fifty eight. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you, you go. Know, that's the number to call. So. Well, Coach, it's been a great time. We are excited about what's going to happen uh, going forward. We're excited about gunslinger football. Um, we're excited about everything that's going on. I would be remiss. We, we need to address, we need to do some business real quickly um, because there is a breaking, as much as a, a breaking story in San Antonio arena football that can be out there, is out there right now. And I feel like we have to address it. Okay. Um, yeah. There was, yesterday there was a, post that went out that said that the Baltimore Brigade, who used to play in the Arena Football League, which is now like six teams and not near what it used to be, um, had been purchased and was being moved to San Antonio to play in the Indoor Football League. Yes. Um, 
if you saw that, you may have immediately thought, what does this mean for the gunslingers? And that's pretty much what we thought too. Um, so here's what I'll tell you. And I'm not going to share a lot of information because I've always believed you don't make, you don't build a taller tower by knocking other people's down. So I've done some research. You can do some research into the group that owns the Baltimore Brigade right now. You can look at some of that. And I can tell you that I don't, I would be shocked. I would be surprised if the San Antonio Brigade, which is what they're talking about trying to bring here, ever actually take the field. Just based on the little amount of research I've done in the last 24 hours, it doesn't look like that's going to be a viable option, certainly not for 2021. Um, So if you're worried about, hey, do I get excited about the gunslingers? Do I buy into this if there's something else right around the corner that may be bigger and better? I don't see that being the case, Mm -hmm. Um, but do your research because this is San Antonio football and we know that there have been good stories and there have been bad stories and we've all been burned by those. Um, So do your research, start looking into the Baltimore Brigade uh, and you'll find the information that you want to make your decision on. But I'm telling you right now, based on the, if you want to just take it for, take somebody's word for it, I don't think you should do that. I think you should do your research, but if you want to take somebody's word for it, I've done some research Leo, you've done some independent research. You yep. did your own. And I don't believe that this is anything that will ever even exist. I don't think they'll ever even take the field. Probably not. And even if it does, I, I don't I don't see it happening in 2021, maybe 2022. Um, but they're not here yet. They're not they're not here. They're not from here. Um, they're not ready to join the San Antonio community and do things for the community and, and build things here, grow roots and create something that as coach has said, San Antonio can be proud of. And we already have an organization here that's already doing that. Right. So I'm old school. And so I'm like, I love the one you're with. And so I'm sticking with the gunslingers. Absolutely. And, and Leo makes a great point in that, um, the gunslingers are here. Like we've That's seen right. players playing on the field. We're sitting across the table from a head coach. They're the bri- real. The brigade doesn't have any of that. And if they do, uh, then there's a time to make a decision, but don't let this, my, my big concern is that people will see that announcement yesterday and go, I'm not getting involved in either of these until I find out which one's going to win. Because I think we're all reasonable enough to know that two teams is probably not a sustainable let me, model. Let me interject and say if if people are going to do that, then neither neither organization will win. Right. They'll both lose right. because well, here, we, they need the, the support. Bite. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to the Baltimore Brigade. Yeah. My name is Tony Hernandez, and I'm the head coach of the San Antonio Gunslingers. And San Antonio doesn't need a side piece. <laughs> and if you'd like, come on down, because the San Antonio Gunslingers do need a punching bag. Okay. There you, go. you heard there it here, and you heard it from me. There That's you right. are. So and I didn't mumble, and I didn't stumble. So I felt like we needed to address it because if we did a whole show the day after that uh, had surfaced and didn't say anything about it, that felt like we were being—I uh, don't know—hiding something or being disingenuous. But um, we've looked into it. We've done our research. I don't think it's anything to worry about. Support your gunslingers, and that's what you need to do. You need to—if um, you're a player, I chatted with a player today. Um, that said, are they still doing tryouts? Are you still doing tryouts in August? We've got one coming in August, yeah. and we've got one coming in September. And what we're going to do is that we're going to we're going to invite the top forty, the top forty to forty five, and from there we're going to take it to twenty five. 
There you go. So the thing is this is that I want to clarify that because, you know, some people get ahead of themselves and I made the team. No, you didn't make the team. What you did is you made it to the next you interview. You got the next level. You yeah. made it to the next interview. You, you showed us something on July the 18th that we really liked and we want to bring you back because we want to take a look at you again. And then come August, we want to take a look at you. And if you do a good job, we're going to bring you guys with the ones from July 18th to the September one. Yeah. And based on all that, that's when we're going to bring you back and say, okay, guys, let's get it on. So both of those, I'm guessing both the, uh, certainly the August one, there is a hundred dollar fee if you're going to come try out. Yeah. And we've discussed this on the show before, yeah. but there are some players that say, well, that's just a cash grab. What do they need my hundred dollars for? My thought on this, Tony, you tell me if I'm wrong, is if you're not willing to bet a hundred dollars on yourself, don't show up. Yeah. And, the, and that's what I'm saying. I don't doubt that you can play football. You just may not be able to play for us. Right. Because sure. if you're not willing to invest $100 into you, but you'll go spend $100 on a pair of tennis shoes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. You know, you, if you do things right, and if you handle your business, you have no idea who's in the stands watching. Right. Not only that, but like I've told some of the players, in 25 years, when you can't play football anymore, and you're babysitting, you're babysitting your grandkids, and you make a comment about football, and your grandson looks at you and says, Papa, what you know about football? What you know about football? You don't know nothing about football. Hold on, son. Let me go to the bedroom and let me bring my scrapbook. Mm-hmm. Papa, who is that? That's me, son. Papa, you play? I played pro ball. Right. Whether I got paid a million or whether I got paid $500, you got paid. Right. Mm-hmm. You got paid. And that's the thing. There's a lot of guys that are out here that are belly aching, and I'm like, and that's exactly why I don't want you here. Right. That's exactly why. Because one of the things that I've learned is small thinkers will always get you in big trouble. I like that. Don't need you. Don't need you. Keep your $100 and, and stay over there. Sure. Stay over there. Go play where, where there's only 11 people in the stands. Right. Go over there. Now, if you've got your $100 and you're not willing to bet on yourself, but you still want to be part of the gunslinger community, like uh, me, I'm not <laughs> putting down $100 and trying out. It's, that's not my game. Um, but you have, uh, there are T-shirts, San Antonio yep. Gunslingers T-shirts. We all got one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there are military appreciation T-shirts that are there on the site. Some of us have those on order. A couple yep. of us have yes. those on order. They haven't come in yet. Jerseys. The and the jerseys are out. They are number. They, they say number one and gunslingers on it. Let me tell everybody out there: you can, you need to go buy your jersey for sure. It's sixty four dollars, sixty five dollars, sixty four ninety nine. I think yeah. You need to go buy your jersey. You need to wear your number one just San, uh, San Antonio gunslinger jersey. But I'm going to tell everybody on the podcast right now: when you wear your number one jersey, you need to understand there's only one number one jersey. There was one person that bought a jersey first. The first San Antonio gunslinger jersey that was ever sold. <laughs> You were all wearing my jersey because I am number one. <laughs> I was the first one to put my money down um, for a jersey. So you were all wearing my jersey, and that's the only way I'm going to get people wearing my jersey. Okay. <laughs> that's the only way that's ever going to happen. But you need to support this team. you gotta, you got to climb in behind it, and that may take some dollars, and it's certainly going to take some time and some effort. This thing can be successful. It will be successful. You want to say you were on board from the beginning. Am I right? Be a part Absolutely. of history. All right, we're going to wrap things up there. It has been a great show. It has been a long show. We're sorry we ran a little longer, but if you've been listening the whole time, you ain't worried about it because you've had a great time listening to Coach Hernandez. Smoking Guns Podcast is excited 
to announce two new, th- three new Patreons, uh, patrons on our Patreon. Patrons. Yeah. We have Mo and Iris Ferrante. 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 We'll get it close eventually. Enough. It's close enough? Okay, good. Uh, Mo and Iris um, jumping on board with us first. We are super excited to have them. And then uh, Herman, Herman my Robles Jr. Herman. Yes. Uh, Herman. Super excited to have him. They are part of our team. You can be part of our team. We talked about that a little bit earlier in the show. We are super excited to have them. Smoking Guns Podcast is also brought to you by... Texas Sports LMT, Licensed Massage Therapist. Specializes in sports massage, sports stretch, Swedish and deep tissue massage. Texas Sports LMT, Licensed Massage Therapist, has been in business eight years and was nominated Best of San Antonio three years in a row. I think I've been going to her for at least the last five. So almost the whole eight. So that's pretty good. And well, I you love said it. going to her, but she's coming to you. Actually, she yeah. does come to me. She right? comes to my house. Yes, she does. So that's expertise in your home. That she's worked alongside the San Antonio Commanders, making sure they were game day ready at all times. She has worked and provided sport stretch. I have no idea what that is, but I'm sure if you're an athlete, you would. To numerous players from the NFL and the NFL Combine. Sports stretch is structured to be formed on athletes of any size or stature. It is safe for just about anyone who is looking to gain flexibility in order to perform better on the field, in the gym, and in everyday activities. So just you and me, I can go for this sports stretch. So give Laura, the Texas Sports LMT, a call to set up an appointment today at 210-459-0176. Remember, it's not how you train, it's how you recover. That's really important. It is. Smoking Guns Podcast is also brought to you by Always Green Lawns of San Antonio. In San Antonio, artificial grass lawns are an incredibly popular addition for many different types of commercial and residential applications. Their turf is child and pet friendly. They design top of the line putting golf greens. You need one here in the backyard. I do need, I need it badly. (laughs) <laughs> uh, they they do putting greens. They do lawn turfs for daycare centers, schools, parks, public walkways, shopping malls, and apartment complexes. Their skilled designers and installers work diligently to create flawless-looking artificial grass applications for locations of all sizes, shapes, and budgets. Uh, they provide the look and feel superior to any other synthetic grass on the market, offering top quality at great prices all around San Antonio and the surrounding areas. Imagine dealing away with a portion of your home or commercial property maintenance budget while you conserve water, you save time, you protect the environment from pesticides and herbicides, you don't have to mow in 100 degree, 100 degree heat. Ever, and it ever looks again. Great all year and round. it looks good all Amazing. year round. It really when is. everybody else's grass is brown in your right. neighborhood yours because everything's dead, like mine. yours is green. Yes. That's right. Uh, save money, save time. Help the environment with a product that pays for itself. Not to mention, uh, our grass products will always make your property look beautiful. This is a perfect time to call Always Green Synthetic Lawns and upgrade your lawn. 210-413-1034. That's 210-413-1034. Call Always Green Synthetic Lawns today. We've got a great time today, spending some time uh, talking with the coach. We are excited to see what happens next. Static. Um, I'm ecstatic. There's, there's more and more coming. Yeah, there's more coming very, very soon. And we've had a great time 
um, just getting involved, getting started in this first month. Uh, the show's been around a month. Wow. Really? Time flies. Wow. Pretty much. When you're having fun, it really does go by fast. I mean, it feels like it's only been two weeks, but it, it's, it's been a month. We've Before done a lot. It's going to uh, be, you know. We got things started, and now we're going. So here's the deal. When you need the evidence that the San Antonio area is primed for football, mm-hmm. you don't need to look very far. Right There's here. evidence in our fans. There's yep. evidence in the football. Yep. There's evidence in the tailgates. There's evidence everywhere you look. All you need to do to find the evidence that football in San Antonio will work is look for the smoking guns. That's right. Bang, bang. (laughs) 